What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we had eight SEC spring games over the weekend, so a lot to take away. I'll give you what I liked and what I didn't like from what we saw across the conference. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Lockdown SEC. It's great to have you guys along. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. And uh, shout out to all of our everydayers who keep checking us out every single day. Uh, locked on SEC, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, lockedonsec.com, covering your team every day. All right, let's jump into it. We had seven spring games take place on Saturday. We're also going to include Florida, who played Thursday night. So eight spring games in total we need to discuss. I watched most or all of uh, many of the games. I had the multi-TVs going. And look, first and foremost, we have to say, disclaimer, these are spring games. Much of what we saw on Saturday is going to have little bearing on what happens in the fall. But with the transfer portal being what it is now, some quarterback jobs up in the air, new coordinators at a lot of schools across the SEC, we do have to give you some of our takeaways. So first up, we'll jump into what I liked that I saw over the weekend. And we start with the defending national champs, the Georgia Bulldogs, and Carson Beck. The junior quarterback was sharp. He led Georgia to touchdowns on each of the first three drives. The red team ended up winning the spring game 31-26, and Carson Beck was a big reason why his team had success. He took all the reps with the first-team offense in the first half, and, I mean, look, I don't know how he's not the starter at this point. He was the incumbent already. He backed up Stetson Bennett a year ago, and this is no knock on Gunnar Stockton or Brock Vandergriff. It's just the stage is set for Carson Beck to be the guy. He completed his first six passes, Started 10 of 11 for 182 yards. Finished Saturday 15 of 22 for 230 yards and a touchdown. He was the only quarterback of the three to not throw an interception. He took the first-team offense to scores on four of their first-half possessions against the first-team defense. Three touchdowns on the first three drives and a field goal. Carson Beck's the guy. So, look, Kirby can do his whole song and dance. We're not going to name a starter. And, oh, it's a close battle. No. It's Carson Beck. He's the starter. Book it. Uh, spread the ball around very well. Threw a dime over Brock Bauer's shoulder on the first drive. Found, uh, what, Arian Smith for the touchdown. Connected with Ladd McConkey. I mean, Georgia's got weapons, guys. So I know this isn't breaking news, but they got dudes everywhere. And Carson Beck looks like a dude. After the game, Beck said, I felt like everything was working. Mike Bobo was really dialing it up. I told him after that. Uh, I told him after that that he was dialing it up. We were executing. Guys were getting open, and we were catching balls and making plays. So congrats, Carson Beck. He's my QB1. We'll see if Georgia announces that any time in the next coming weeks to months. They won't, uh, but Carson Beck is the guy. Brock Vandergriff, by the way, 13 of 25, 175 yards, two touchdowns and an interception, but he was 4 of 11 with that pick with the first-team offense all in the second half. Gunnar Stockton, who's... 
the number three guy right now. He was 13 of 22 for 144 yards and an interception. Look, Georgia's defense is good. So, you know, think of who they're going up against. Brock Vandergriff against another defense might actually look much better. Same with Gunnar Stockton. But, again, that's where I say what Carson Beck did, I think, shows even more so why we like him and believe in him. So, there you have it. Carson Beck, very impressed with what we saw on Saturday. Next guy that we were impressed with, uh, K.J. Jefferson. Just looks even more comfortable in this Danny No system at Arkansas. He said he's running more plays under center rather than from shotgun, uh, like he did in the Kendall Browse offense, so a more NFL-like system. Uh, Sam Pittman was very complimentary of K.J. Uh, and the wide receiver group, by the way. He said K.J. looks to have chemistry with them going. Isaiah Sategna and Sam Mbake look ready to step up as big-time wide receivers for uh, Arkansas. Sategna is a redshirt freshman. Mbake is a true sophomore. Uh, K- uh, Sam Pittman said after the game, K.J. Jefferson is showing a lot of confidence. He's getting better and better and said he has really taken to Danny Nose's coaching. And he said it's no shot of Kendall Bryles, but him and Dan are on the same, pa- same page. When you got a senior, very, very veteran quarterback in K.J., working with a very veteran play caller in Danny Enos. I think this is going to work. Now, look, KJ's numbers weren't eye-popping on Saturday. They were just 9 of 18 for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Did connect with Sategna for a 65-yard touchdown. Um, but, look, Arkansas was doing some – like, they had half the guys on the, on the field had the big red protection, you know, things, the thud, you know, thing on their helmets. Um and I didn't see it watching the game. I don't even think they kept score. I mean, it was just, it was kind of, they were just running plays. At one time, one point, they just went red zone. I mean, they were just, it was more of a scrimmage than a quote-unquote spring spring game, per se. Uh, but in talking with some folks at Arkansas, I think the Hogs are not going to go as fast as they have in recent years. You know, Kendall Browse ran that up-tempo, fast offense. I think sometimes they'll go fast. Sometimes they'll go, they'll go slow. Sometimes they'll huddle. And like we said, K.J. Jefferson under center, a lot more this year. If Arkansas receivers can step up, I think this offense combined with that run game where you got Rocket Sanders, A.J. Green, DeBinion, I think Arkansas is going to be even better this year. At least their offense will. Now, they, they still have things to fix on that defense. We saw last year that, that secondary was brutal. But I like Arkansas. I think they're going to I think they're gonna shock some people this year, and uh, that offense is going to be really good. Another guy who impressed me over the weekend, that's Tulu Griffin over at... Mississippi State, LeDietrich as he goes by in the uh, in the official uh, stat book. But Mississippi State, wide receiver Tulu Griffin, running end arounds and showing off his speed, giving the defense fits. He had 40 catches a year ago for, for, for over 500 yards and four touchdowns, entered the portal and changed his mind and stayed uh, four plays into the scrimmage. He took an end around from Will Rogers and went 43 yards for a touchdown. He was a guy who was an outside receiver in that air read offense that Mike Leach ran. He's moved to the slot this spring. And, you know, apparently in the spring, they they were working on this. A lot of handoffs to him during practices and his speed around the edge, you know, combined with the blocking on the outside from the offensive tackles and the tight ends. They said that it has made Griffin impossible to bring him down. He's got ridiculous speed, and I'm excited to see how Mississippi State's going to use him this year. Uh, they did attempt an ugly pass in the spring game with him. I don't think they'll try that again, but uh, nonetheless, Tula Griffin 
a guy to keep an eye on there at Mississippi State. I'm excited to see, you know, if they get him in a lot of end rounds, just a weapon that uh, Mississippi State is going to utilize that everybody's going to have to worry about. All right, next up, what I liked, the Ole Miss quarterbacks. We have been here in all spring. The Jackson Dart has been much improved. Uh, early on, he runs a flea flicker with Quinshawn Judkins, connects with Jordan Watkins for a big gain. Then he connects with uh, Quinshawn Judkins for a, a touchdown in the red zone, connected with Chris Marshall for some big games. By the way, Chris Marshall, I think, is going to blow up in this Lane Kiffin offense. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Lane Kiffin was mic'd up if you're watching the game, complimented Chris Marshall on a big game, uh, a catch from Jackson Dart, and then said Marshall comes from a place where they can celebrate after a big game instead of handing the ball back to run the next play. So taking yet another shot at Texas A&M. It's just what Lane Kiffin does. But the other guy, Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders looked really good. He connected with Michael Trigg a lot. Um, they ran a trick play where Ulysses Bentley threw the ball to, to Spencer Sanders for a big gain. Uh, Michael Trigg is, I mean, he's going to be one of the best tight ends in the SEC this year. They, they threw the ball to him a ton. J.J. Uh, Henry had a big game. Walker Howard looked good. He connected with Ulysses Bentley for a touchdown. Then he hit Jalen Knox for an impressive touchdown catch. It, it's what we thought. But at least the spring game verified it. Lane Kiffin's got a really good quarterback room. Jackson Dart went 14 of 26 for 226 yards and a touchdown. Spencer Sanders went 19 of 27 for 265. Four combined touchdowns and an interception. He had 72 yards rushing. And then Walker Howard, he made some nice throws. He went 11 of 13 for 183 and four touchdowns. This is going to be fun to see how this plays out. I know people were asking Lane after the game, you know, man, you got so many guys. What do you do? He's like, look, this is what we wanted. We wanted competition. We're not going to sit here and cry. We've got too many quarterbacks. What, oh, my God, what happens if one transfers? Look, we're going to play the best guy, and we'll see. But Ole Miss in a really, really good spot. They got three quarterbacks. I think they'd feel confident starting any three of them. And that includes Walker Howard, who I think ultimately will be the backup. Whoever wins between Dart and Sanders, I don't know if that guy's going to stay at Ole Miss, but we'll see. All right, another piece we liked over the weekend. And this goes back to last Thursday. Florida's defense, man. Neither offense scored in the entire first and third quarter last Thursday's Florida spring game. The final score was 10-7. to But their defense made plays. They finished with eight sacks, two fumble recoveries. And some of the transfers stood out, like D-lineman Caleb Banks coming over from Louisville. He sacked Graham Mertz. Uh, Manny Nunnery, the uh, linebacker from Houston, he had five tackles and a batted pass. A D lineman Cam Jackson, he batted a pass. Deuce Spurlock at linebacker, he had eight tackles. Austin Armstrong, the new Florida DC, he was fired up with what his team was showing out there, and how could he not be? It was fun to watch. Uh, Jack Miller, the Florida quarterback, said after the game, the defense did a good job. I think they showed it tonight. The new DC really showed that they're legit, that they're a legit defense. We see it every day in practice, so we weren't that surprised. I like the Florida defense. I think they're going to be much, much improved this year. Look, it was bad last year, so the, the bar isn't that high. But I'm excited to see what the Florida defense looks like this year. Tying this in, I thought the Florida running backs looked good. Montreal Johnson had nine carries for 87 yards. Trevor Etienne averaged close to six yards per carry. The two-lane transfer, Cam Carroll, had a few highlight runs. We know Billy Napier wants to run the football. Um, and we saw that Thursday night. Their freshman running back, Trayon Webb, he had a game-high 53 yards. The fact that we're talking about four running backs that can all produce in Florida, I think is a good sign. Now, they got to get the quarterback thing figured out. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but I like Florida's run game. Those running backs are really, really good. Other group of running backs that stepped up, 
How about Tennessee's young running backs? And, and understand this. Jabari Small and Jalen Wright, the two guys who are going to play a lot this year, are both out right now. But the freshmen have made the most of their opportunities. Deshaun Bishop racked up yards in this one. Cam Seldon uh, showed good vision and patience. He had a nice touchdown run. 58,000 people were in attendance for the Orange and White game in Knoxville. Sixth largest crowd in their spring game history. And again, understand, Tennessee had a lot of starters out. But I thought the young guys, the young running backs, really showed some flashes. Josh Heupel, after the game, was asked about Deshaun Bishop. He said, look, for a freshman, he should be going to his prom next week. Has been really good. He's got great vision, great pace. He's handled spring ball as a newcomer extremely well. So, if you're a Vol fan, that's something to get excited about. Your run game with these young guys looks really, really promising. Uh, what else I like? I like the quarterback play at AM. I thought Connor Wegman and Max Johnson both played really well. Uh, Wegman, man, he was connected with Evan Stewart early on, uh, connected with Anaya Smith for a first down. Shows he's got that running ability. I thought Bobby Petrino, you could see wrinkles in the new offense. I think it looks good. Max Johnson made some nice plays. You know, keep in mind, he was a true freshman when he played at LSU a couple years ago. Uh, but I thought both of them looked good. Uh, Johnson ended up with three touchdown passes. Connor Wegman had one. They had a lot of, you know, players injured, suspended, transferred players, all this. So a only played with 50 guys in their spring game over the weekend. And no, n- numerous offensive linemen were missing, including Hunter Herb, uh, T.J. Shanahan, Bryce Foster. So they were a little bit shorthanded. And then they played on a short field. Kyle Field has construction going on, so they only had 75 yards of the field to play with. They couldn't even play with a full 100-yard field. But uh, Connor Wegman, I think it's his job. He flashed a few times on Saturday and, you know, first drive uh, just looked really good. I think Evan Stewart's going to be one of the best wide receivers in the SEC Yet again, you know, fantastic freshman year last year for the Aggies. And uh, Max Johnson, he connected with Micah Tease for a 52-yard touchdown. So, Aggies have some pieces. And lastly, what did I like over the weekend? South Carolina tight end Trey Knox. The Arkansas transfer was super productive the past few years in Fayetteville. Saturday was the first time we got to see him catching passes from Spencer Rattler. Uh, Trey Knox caught two passes on the first drive from Rattler, including a three-yard touchdown catch on a crossing route. Uh, He had a third catch on a one-handed grab to end the first quarter. Finished the uh, game with a game-high six catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. And, look, the Gamecocks lose Jaheim Bell. They lose Austin Stogner. So, they really need a tight end to step up. That's going to be Trey Knox. Uh, We'll also want to include Antoine Juice Wells in this mix. He had a pair of catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. But we already know how good he is. He was fifth in the SEC receiving yards a year ago. But Trey Knox is going to be a big, big weapon for South Carolina, and Spencer Rattler. And there you have it. That is what I liked over the weekend. Uh, Coming up next, I'm going to do what I maybe didn't like so much in what we saw over the weekend. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, double plays. They are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's right, because new customers can step up to the plate with a first sweat, uh, no sweat, first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Uh, don't miss your chance. Get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's right there at the bottom of your screen. FanDuel, they are the official partner of Major League Baseball.
Carl along here, Locked On SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Quick show tease. Make sure to be listening later on this week. Auburn quarterback TJ Finley going to join the show, so you don't want to miss that. Make sure you're subscribed and checking us out every day, either on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's jump back into it. What I didn't like from uh, spring games over the weekend. And look, this is being very nitpicky. This is not saying I hate this guy, I hate this system, I hate this team, whatever. We're being super overly nitpicky here. But let's jump into what I, again, didn't really like. And I'm going with Will Rogers and the Kevin Barbe offense at Mississippi State. Uh, Will Rogers was slow to get going in this one. And you could chalk that up to it, it's a spring, it's a new offense, whatever. Finishes the numbers I had, 16 of 27 for 214 yards and a touchdown. He did connect with Xavier Thomas on a 57-yard touchdown play just before halftime. Kudos to Thomas. It was a one-handed grab. Uh, but Rodgers played the entire game for Team Wingo, just over 200 yards passing. I think, I mean, we're going to see a more toned-down passing game from Will Rogers this year. Obviously, with Mike Leach gone, it's not going to be that same throw it a million times, up-tempo offense. I still think... Well, Rodgers can be good and productive, but it's just not going to be that 4,000-yard season that we're used to. Uh, late in this one, fourth and five from the 10-yard line, 10 seconds to go, Rodgers still in the game. Zach Arnett dials up pressure. They sack Rodgers for a big loss to end the threat. Um, it, it just, it, it's not as, and again, maybe we're, we're unfairly comparing it to what Mike Leach ran. And nobody does what Mike Leach did. And the air raid is just so unique and different. But the question has been posed. Can Will Rogers play an assistant that isn't the air raid and be successful? I think he can. I think Mississippi State can. It's just going to take some adjusting. It's going to take some getting used to. Uh, I did like what we saw from Mike Wright, too. For those of you who haven't been paying attention, the former Vanderbilt quarterback transferred him to Mississippi State and he showed off his running ability. I think they need to have some design plays to utilize Mike Wright's strength because it'll just add another wrinkle to the offense. But I saw some people asking if the offense is is even suited for Will Rogers or maybe it might be suited more for a dual-threat quarterback, which could be Mike Wright. Uh, Rogers said during the game, he said they're still practicing. They're still learning the offense. Uh, he said he, he likes the idea of using tight ends more. That's something that they have you know haven't done much at Mississippi State in recent years. So... Um, Rodgers did say he thinks this is more of a pro offense, and he said this is going to you know, get him ready for the next level to play in the NFL. So kind of interesting, same parallel. We saw with K.J. Jefferson and Will Rodgers both getting more pro-style offenses. But uh, Mississippi State, they had 56 rushing attempts to 47 passes. So we saw more running from Mississippi State. Uh, the usual two deep running backs, Jaquavis Marks and Simeon Rice, were not available they went with Juco running back Jeffrey Pittman and the freshman Seth Davis. They combined for 100 yards on 29 carries. So, again, if the run game can be really good when the starters get back in there and the offensive line's playing well, yeah, Mississippi State will win some games. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Will Rogers not playing in the air raid because it's just, it's different to me. And again, he can be very effective. You know, maybe the numbers come down the stats, but maybe the wins go up. Maybe Mississippi State's better, more suited, being more balanced moving forward. We're gonna we're gonna find that out. But again, just aesthetically watching Will Rogers, I wasn't the biggest fan of what we saw over the weekend. But time can change that. All right, another thing that I didn't like the Florida quarterback play. It was uninspiring. Uh, Graham Mertz and Jack Miller 
Both look inconsistent. Mertz did throw for 244 yards, but the two QBs were sacked a total of eight times. There were fumbles. Uh, the defense had two fumble recoveries. Uh, Graham Mertz just got off to a slow start. He was sacked twice on a three and out in his first series. Uh, passed for just seven yards in the first quarter. Mertz said after the game, I'm definitely not satisfied with my, perform- my performance. Uh, Billy Napier said after the game, so the Gators are going to be in the market for a fourth scholarship quarterback in the transfer portal. So that's something to keep an eye on with the portal open again. Uh, and it was a rough night for their early enrollee center, Rod Kearney. For those who watched the Florida spring game, he had three botched snaps, including one that was recovered for a fumble. Their, their starting center is out with an injury, so it was kind of to be you know, expected. But, man, I, I, like I think Mertz can be okay, but he ain't Anthony Richardson. Like... They're gonna have to figure that thing out, and you know maybe maybe Florida just goes more run heavy this year. And look, that's what Graham Mertz kind of had at Wisconsin, right? And he was an effective quarterback there, so maybe that's what Florida is this year. But just was not impressed with the Florida run uh, passing game. All right, another piece that we need to throw in here. Um, that's not it. The Ole Miss defense Saturday. Pete Golding. Brother, you got your work cut out for you. You leave Alabama with all the talent everywhere, and, man, there are going to be some challenges there. We know that they're installing the 4-2-5 defense, and Ole Miss featured, you know, multiple defensive linemen last year, so, you know, but it was three. Now they got to put four guys there. It's just, it's going to take some adjusting. Lane Kiffin said throughout the spring that the offense has been ahead of the defense, and we saw that in the spring game. I mean, it was 53-52. to it was an absolute shootout. And as we mentioned, you know, there were, there were some guys like John Saunders had that interception in the end zone, so a takeaway in there. Um, but I think Ole Miss is going to spend the rest of the summer kind of looking at that defense and wondering who are going to be the guys to step up. And granted, they were going against some pretty good offenses on Saturday, but I, I, I'm hoping Ole Miss has some guys on that defense that can step up and stand out because if not, man, it's going to be a growing pains year for Pete Golding and that Ole Miss defense. They got some recruits on the way, but they got a lot of improvement to go there. Uh, another one here, and, and look, Tennessee fans, do not come after me because I'm know i I'm putting the disclaimer in here. It was a spring game, and it doesn't mean anything. But can I at least make a case? I'm a little concerned that Joe Milton isn't just going to go in there and be Hendon Hooker 2.0, okay? And, and maybe they're not asking him to be. But Joe Milton comes out in the spring game, goes three and out in the first possession. Same with Nico Yamaliava. And then the third string quarterback, Gaston Moore, comes out of nowhere, hooks up with Dayton Sneed for the first score of the game. And Moore leads the second scoring drive, connected with Hunter Salmon for the two, uh, second score of the game. Again, big disclaimer here. Tennessee's primary offensive talent was not even playing in this game. They were without running backs Jabari Small and Jalen Wright. They were without wide receivers Brew McCoy, Ramel Keaton, Squirrel White and Dante Thorne. So I get it. A lot of the regulars were out. Uh, Joe Melton finally did connect with uh, Caleb Webb on a 39 catch and then on a touchdown for the third score of the game. And Joe Melton looked a lot more comfortable at that point. Uh, Nico Yamaliava, he uh, got going after a bit too. Started connecting with the freshman tight end, Ethan Davis. He had some big catches. I thought he looked really good. Uh, He did get hit and shaken up in the final minutes of the game. But... um, I don't know. I, I like Joe Milton a lot. I'm rooting for him. I want him to do well. I just maybe weren't fairly putting, man, 
we just saw what Hendon Hooker did, and and Joe came in and won those last couple games to finish the season. So Joe's just going to pick up right where Hendon left off. I think that's an unfair thing to say. Hendon Hooker's going to go in the first round, I, I believe, at this point of this upcoming draft in two weeks. So uh, maybe it's a little bit unfair. But I want to see more of Joe Milton. Let's just put it that way. And lastly, I'm putting I'm going we're going back to South Carolina. Their offensive line. They have a thin running back room and their run game was not very good in their spring game on Saturday night. The Gamecocks offensive lines uh struggled to create space on the ground. The teams were selected by draft, so the presumed starters didn't play together. But the offensive lines gave a combined 10 sacks, including four on Luke Doty. Their projected starting left tackle, Jalen Nichols, he played on the black team. He exited the game early in the first quarter with a left leg injury. He was limping, had to be helped off the field. And Luke Doty, man, what a rough go. For a guy who was a former you know, four-star recruit who you know got benched and you know, they brought Spencer Rattler in through the portal, Luke Doty, underwhelming day. 7 of 14 for 41 yards, lost 27 yards rushing and sacked doesn't you know four times it just it was a rough go and man South Carolina's got to get that run game figured out but they got to get that offensive line figured out first and foremost so there you have it that's pieces I didn't like from what we saw over the weekend all right coming up next I'll give you a couple of players stood out to me and then some transfer portal news because the portal's back open we're going to hit on that in just a sec Final segment here on Locked On SEC. And want to remind you guys, later in this week, Tavius Robinson is going to join us, the former Ole Miss defensive end. He is getting ready for the NFL draft next week. So keep it locked to Locked On SEC. Tavius Robinson is going to join us later in the week. All right, let's jump into it. Uh, let's call it. We'll just call it. Go, let's uh, go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. All right, just a few guys I wanted to give a shout-out to as we put a cap on the spring games from over the weekend. We'll have Alabama and LSU coming up this weekend, so we'll have some takeaways from that one coming up in a couple days. But Mississippi State outside linebacker John Lewis, he crushed a ball carry in the backfield to start the second half in Mississippi State's game, made some big plays throughout, seems to have a nose for the football, liked what we saw in John Lewis. Shout-out to him, and shout-out to freshman transfer from Miami, DB Kamari Rogers. He picked off Mike Wright in the end zone to a couple of Mississippi State guys I like there. Uh, over at Ole Miss, Ulysses Bentley, 40-yard breakaway touchdown before halftime. Quinchon Judkins got all the attention last year, rightfully so. But Ulysses Bentley may be a little underutilized. He had only 73 yards rushing and 90 receiving yards all last year. That came after he had 900 rushing yards at SMU the year prior. He looks like he's going to be more of a contributor this year. So Ulysses Bentley, keep an eye out for him. How about uh, Arkansas wide receiver Isaiah Sategna? We talked about him earlier, but he capped off a strong spring with a nice performance in the spring game on Saturday. Led the team with 95 receiving yards on the day, including that big 65-yard gain from K.J. Jefferson. Really impressed with Sategna. Uh, over at Tennessee, a good pick from their redshirt freshman safety, Cameron Miller, on defense. So he's a guy I really like. Uh, keep an eye on him down the road. All right, let's get to a few bit, tidbits before we get out of here. The transfer portal is officially open, and the guy who grabbed everybody's attention over the weekend, a surprise move, Georgia D-lineman Bear Alexander. 
going to enter the portal after just one season in Athens. He was projected by some to be a starter for the Bulldogs. Became the 11th member of the Bulldogs to enter the transfer portal. He's a former four-star prospect, totaled nine tackles, three tackles for a loss, two sacks, 13 quarterback hurries last year as a freshman. But you probably remember most. He came in and played really well in that national championship game against TCU where he recorded two sacks. So Bear Alexander will be one of the most sought-after guys in the transfer portal, you have to think. And um, there you go. Probably have to dig a little deeper into it, but why leave Georgia? You're in a great spot there. Put up some big numbers, but uh, Bear Alexander on the move. Another bit of surprising one over at Auburn. Rising junior wide receiver Tavares Dawson entering his name into the portal Saturday morning. Uh, he was a reserve player for Auburn last couple years. Two catches for 30 yards and a couple of rushing attempts. But uh, he's a guy who came to Auburn and, you know, for Brian Harson, and he's out. So you get it. He's moving on. But made a big catch in the spring game. Just thought that that was going to be a guy that was going to contribute to that receiving core. But Tavares Dawson on the move from Auburn. Uh, we do have some guys coming in already making moves in the portal. How about the Texas A&M pulling in a fullback from the portal? Rice fullback Jerry Johnson III announced he is transferring after four seasons with the Rice Owls. He is heading to Texas A&M. Over Kentucky, Vito Tisdale, former Kentucky DB, was dismissed from the team back in March. He officially entered the portal on Saturday morning, so we'll see where he ends up. Kentucky cornerback Andre Stewart, he entered the portal after just one season in Lexington. Three-star from the class of 2022, was a mid-year enrollee uh, January of a year ago, so we'll see where he ends up. And uh, over at Mississippi State, William Hardrick, cornerback, he announced Saturday he is re-entering the transfer portal after entering and withdrawing his name in February, makes this move after just two seasons in Starkville, so... Of course, plenty of stuff going on in the transfer portal. We're going to have to keep you guys up to date on all of it. And, of course, we'll do that right here on Locked on SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day, covering your team every day. Become an everydayer. Make sure you are subscribed and checking us out on YouTube or listening wherever you get your podcasts. And, again, keep in mind, later this week, some great guests joining us with uh, uh, TJ Finley, the Auburn quarterback, going to join us, and Tavius Robinson, the Ole Miss defensive end heading to the NFL draft. Both those guys are going to join us later in the week. Keep it locked right here to Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. You guys have a great day.